Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. My name is Cody Westbrook. I'm the preacher for the Southwest Congregation, and I'm glad to be able to have this time to open up the Bible and to study together. As we know, there are four accounts of the life and ministry of our Lord Jesus the Christ. We call them gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all four of them, inspired of the Holy Spirit, are written to emphasize unique factors and characteristics about Jesus, about who he is, and about the work that he accomplished here on earth. Matthew, for example, is a book written primarily to a Jewish audience. Matthew, in his account, will emphasize greatly Jesus being the king uh, after the lineage of David. He will emphasize Jesus being the fulfillment of Old Testament messianic prophecy. Mark, on the other hand, is a book that is written primarily to a Roman audience. It is very succinct and to the point, and it emphasizes Jesus being a man of power. What I would like for us to do is I would like for us to dedicate some time looking at the gospel account of Luke. Luke happens to be my favorite of the gospel accounts, and the book of Luke seems to be written primarily to a Greek audience, and it is a book that emphasizes a number of things about Jesus, but in particular, it emphasizes Jesus as a man of wisdom, and it emphasizes Jesus as one who spent a great deal of time amongst the people. In fact, Luke, more than any other of the gospel accounts, will emphasize Jesus' time with individuals. There are a number of individuals mentioned. There are a number of different, if you will, categories of individuals that are mentioned with, with Jesus spending time. And so there's a lot that we can learn from this book, and I'd like for us to take the time to study through it together. Let's begin this study by looking at some important introductory material as it pertains to the book of Luke. First of all, the book of Luke was probably written somewhere around 57 to 60 AD. There are a number of key words or phrases in the book. Here are three. 23 times in the book of Luke, Jesus is referred to as the Son of Man. Seven times, Jesus is referred to as the Son of God, and 32 times, the kingdom of God is referenced. As you look at this book, there are, in addition to a number of key words and phrases, there are a number of key verses that come to mind. One of those would be Luke 19 and verse 10, where Jesus said, "...the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost." And again, as we see the emphasis that Luke puts upon Jesus spending time with the lost, certainly that passage makes a lot of sense as we're looking at key passages of the book. But here's another one, and this is one of my favorite passages, not only in Luke, but in the Bible as a whole. Luke 9, verse 23. Jesus said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is a call to followership. It's a call to discipleship. 
And notice that the call is open to anyone and everyone. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, that means that whether you're black or white, whether you are Jew or Gentile, whether you are rich or poor, whatever your background happens to be, it doesn't really matter. The call to follow Jesus is a call that is open to everyone. But notice that Jesus uses the word if. That implies that there is a decision to be made. It's a conditional statement. Anyone can follow Jesus, but you must make that decision. And unfortunately, not everyone will choose to follow Jesus. Then he describes the ingredients that make up that call. First, there's self-denial. Let him deny himself. Second, there's dedication. Let him take up his cross daily. And third, there is direction and follow me. Self-denial means that we put ourselves last. Being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus means that the kingdom comes first, that Christ comes first, that the interests of the kingdom and of Christ come before my own. Dedication means that I give Christ my all, my time and my abilities and my efforts and my energies and my uh, devotion. They all belong to Jesus. And followership means that I follow Jesus and whatever he says and whatever he would have me to do. So that's Luke 9, verse 23. The call to followership is open to anyone, but everyone must decide whether or not they will follow him, and we must follow him on his terms. Now, as we said already, the book of Luke has a great universal emphasis in this book, we see Jesus spending time with Samaritans, with Gentiles, with sinners, with the poor, with the outcast of society. There is a great deal of emphasis in Jesus' time spent with women and with children also in this book. In the book of Luke, we will find an emphasis on certain individuals. In fact, there are a number of individuals who are named, like Zacharias and Elizabeth, Mary and Simeon, Anna, Martha, Mary, Simon, Levi, the centurion, John the baptizer, Zacchaeus, Cleopas, Joseph of Arimathea, and on and on. Luke emphasizes a fulfillment of God's word. In other words, what God says, God does. The word word, if you will, is one of the key words of the book of Luke. As a matter of fact, over and over again, the book of Luke will emphasize that, that Jesus did as God said, or that we must do as God says, and that God means what he says. Let's talk about some purposes and some themes before we take some time to look at the text. First of all, if you think about the purpose of Luke, notice in Luke chapter 1, that Luke tells us what his purpose was and is in writing. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, Luke says, "...inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account." most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. So what is Luke telling us about the purpose of this book? Well, he tells us, first of all, that it is to write about the life of Christ. He mentions the things that were accomplished among us, 
are fulfilled among us in verse number one. And he says in verse number three that he set out to write an orderly account. Now, the word orderly does not necessarily refer to a chronological order, but it can refer to something that is lucid or that makes sense. In other words, there's continuity. There's a logical flow to the material. And as we study the book of Luke, especially in comparison with Matthew, Mark, and John, what we come to notice is that Luke's gospel account is not necessarily written in chronological order, but rather it is written in theological order or thematic order, if you will. In other words, Luke uh, places the events and the material in Jesus' life in certain categories or in a certain order in order for us to see, in order for him to highlight certain characteristics and certain works uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he sought to Uh, He sought to write an orderly account of the truth of who Jesus was and of the work that Jesus did. And so in doing so, he emphasizes these three themes about Jesus. Number one, he emphasizes Jesus as the perfect man. In Zechariah chapter 6 and verse number 12, the prophet Zechariah spoke of the man who would be called the branch. And this is what he says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch. From his place he will branch out, and he will build the temple of the Lord. Now, Zechariah was talking about Jesus Christ. That is a messianic prophecy. But what I want us to note is the fact that Zechariah uses the term man, the man who is called the branch. You see, Luke is writing to a Greek audience emphasizing Jesus as the perfect or the ideal man. Now, don't misunderstand. Just because Luke emphasizes Jesus as the perfect or the ideal man doesn't mean that Jesus was not God. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, for example, emphasizes Jesus as God. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14 tells us that Jesus is the eternal Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt or literally tabernacled among us. So Jesus was and is the God-man. As we see his life in the gospel accounts, he is 100% God, and he's also 100% man. He never sacrificed any of his deity when he took on flesh. Admittedly, that's a very difficult concept for us to wrap our minds around, but yet that's what the Bible affirms. So Luke writes emphasizing the humanity of Jesus. In fact, he uses the term, as we mentioned earlier, son of man 25 times in the book, and that has reference to the humanity of Jesus Christ, the human side, if you will. And you might write down in your notes or maybe make a notation in your Bible of Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. In those two passages, we find a messianic prophecy in which Daniel sees the Son of Man coming to build and establish his kingdom and to reign as king over his kingdom. And that certainly is talking about Jesus. So Luke emphasizes the deity of Jesus. He emphasizes his miraculous conception. He talks about his virgin birth. He emphasizes his miracles, but he also emphasizes his humanity. There will be a genealogy that is of importance of Jesus found in the gospel account of Luke. Luke will also emphasize in many ways more than other gospel writers the emotions of Jesus, the sympathy that Jesus showed toward other people, the prayers of Jesus. 
So Jesus is emphasized in this book as the perfect man, Zechariah 6 and verse 12. Here's a second major theme of the book, and that is that salvation is for all. Jesus is not just the Jews' Messiah. Jesus is the Savior of the world. We talked a moment ago about the genealogy of Jesus, and we will read about that, or we will read about that genealogy in the book of Luke, chapter 3. Now, this isn't the only genealogy of Jesus that we find in the gospel accounts. In fact, we find uh, uh, the book of Matthew begins with a genealogy that connects Jesus back to David and to Abraham. This genealogy, of course, uh, though, in the book of Luke, connects Jesus all the way back to Adam. And the reason why there's the difference in the genealogy is because there's a different purpose being shown. And that is, again, that Jesus is not just the descendant of Abraham. He's not just the Jews' Messiah. He is everyone's Messiah. Luke will reference those who are Gentile or non-Israelites throughout the book. Luke chapter 9, for example, verse 51 through 55, Luke will say uh, in those passages that it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And uh, when when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them, and they went to another village. Now that's just one of many examples. Other examples like Luke 10, verse 30 to 37, Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, and others will emphasize that Jesus came to save everyone. Notice that there was an opportunity given. In fact, the disciples Uh, brought up the opportunity in Luke chapter number 9, verse 51 and following, to destroy the Samaritans. But Jesus said, no, I haven't come to destroy, I have come to save. Remember Luke 19.10. Speaking in the context of Zacchaeus, Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost, and that includes everyone. In Luke chapter 13 and verse number 29, Luke highlights for us the fact that people came from everywhere to hear the word of God and to see the Messiah. They will come forth, Jesus says, from the east and from the west, from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. What are you emphasizing? That all people all over the world will be affected and impacted by the Messiah. Luke chapter 10, excuse me, 2, verses 10 and 11, emphasizes great joy for all people of the earth through Jesus Christ. He is described as a light of revelation to the Gentiles in Luke chapter 2, verse 32. And in Luke 3, verse 6, it is said that all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So Jesus was a Jew, that's true, but he wasn't just for the Jews. He wasn't just for the Israelites. He's not just the Jews' Messiah. He came in order to attain salvation or make salvation possible for all people. Now, here's the third and final emphasis in the book of Luke, and then we'll turn our attention to the text. Jesus, in this book, is shown taking interest in a great number of people. For example, Jesus takes a special interest in the poor. 
Luke chapter 1, verse number 52, right off the bat in the beginning of the book, Luke begins to emphasize this aspect of our Lord. In Luke 1, 52, uh, the song of Mary says, He has put down the mighty from their thrones, and he has exalted the lowly. Key in there on the word lowly. He has exalted the lowly. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18 Jesus, in quoting from the prophet Isaiah, says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Again, Luke 6, verse 30, and Luke 14, verses 11 through 13, and other passages will emphasize Jesus' interest in the poor and in the downtrodden. Second, There are a number of women who are mentioned in the book of Luke, and the time that Jesus spent teaching them and ministering to them is emphasized. Luke chapter 7 and verse number 37, as an example, the Bible tells us that there was a woman in the city who was a sinner, and when she knew that Jesus ate at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and she stood at his feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, verse 39 and following tells us that the Pharisee who had invited Jesus into his house where this was all happening was very offended. In fact, uh, he was uh, angered at all of this. And uh, Jesus rebuked him for it in verse 40 and following and let him know that he had come to seek and to save those who were lost. Jesus' emphasis in a woman who was a sinner. Same thing in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, where many women come and minister to Jesus. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Why is that significant? Because the first century world in which Jesus lived was a world that did not necessarily value women in the way that they should have. They lowered them instead of exalted them, and Jesus did the opposite. Jesus also, in the book of Luke, takes interest in children. Luke chapter 7 and verse 12, Luke chapter 8 and verse 42, Luke chapter 9 and verse 47. He takes interest in sinners, Luke chapter 7 and verse 37. He takes interest in all people and all must follow him. The passage we looked at a few moments ago, Luke chapter 9 and verse number 23. So the book of Luke, an interesting book, a unique look at the life and the work of Jesus Christ. It emphasizes Jesus as a man of wisdom, the ideal man, the perfect man. It emphasizes the humanity. It emphasizes the deity of Jesus. It emphasizes Jesus in his time teaching and ministering and caring for all people. And there is a great deal for us to learn from this book. In our next episode, Lord willing, our desire will be to look at Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. If you'd like to read ahead of our study, Luke chapter 1 is all about salvation coming. There is the announcement of the birth of John the baptizer and his work, the announcement of the coming birth of Jesus and who he would be and what he would do. Salvation is coming. And then in Luke chapter 2, salvation is here. John is baptized, excuse me, born. Jesus is born, and they will prepare for their work. Salvation is coming. Salvation is here. And in both chapters, in both cases, the Lord is glorified, and there is great joy because of the Son of God who had come into the world.
That's the end of our study for this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Please tell your friends and your family members about the podcast and about the work that goes on at the Southwest Congregation. Please subscribe to the podcast, and we hope that you will continue to join in with us as we open up the Bible and study the wonderful Word of Life together. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.